Growing up, Inca Magnaye was surrounded by family, an entire family of voiceover artists and radio DJs, that is. So it wasn't surprising when she ventured into the industry herself, first as a voiceover artist and DJ, and now as a podcaster and television personality. And after becoming a viral sensation online, Inca has also begun to navigate the life of a content creator and all the ups and downs that come with being so present in social media. My name is Leah Cruz. On this episode of What Glass Ceiling, we talk to Inca Magnaye. Hi, Inka. Welcome to What Glass Ceiling. Hi, Leah. Thank you for having me today. Thanks so much for coming on to talk about yourself and and share all your little nuggets of wisdom with everyone on the show. (laughs) Okay, so let's launch right into it. So in a time where a lot of people are obviously struggling a bit, Mm -hmm. you have actually really seen your career explode. So tell tell us about going viral on social media, on on TikTok, on Twitter, on Instagram during a pandemic. Okay, well, um, in all honesty, it really started… Oh gosh, where do I actually pick this up? Okay, so back in 2015 or 2016, I started this little series on my own called everyday voiceovers. And the concept of that was to just take everyday mundane things and put a voiceover to it because I'm a voiceover. So let's say I'm cooking breakfast or something, or I'm taking weeds out of my garden. I'll say something, I'll I'll take a video and I'll say something like, got weeds, I've got the solution for you. You know, you know, just make like a thing and I'll just make a video like, Darn these weeds. Uh, I wish they never grew. Uh, do you want a solution to that? Well, all you have to do is, you know, just make like a little commercial. So the yeah. concept behind that was I didn't necessarily want to become viral. But what I did want was to be top of mind for different producers and studios so I could get more voiceover gigs. So it was in a way my, I, I made everyday voiceovers my real because everybody has like a voiceover reel, but they all sound the same. Hi, I am voiceover. This is what I do, blah, blah, blah. I wanted to stick out a little bit, be different. So I did that. And I posted these videos on Facebook and stuff. The most I got out of one video would probably be like a thousand views after like three months, you know? So, it, and it wasn't a thing it's because to me, um, it wasn't the amount of people, like, it was important to me who saw it. If a producer who could give me a job saw that video, then that video was already worth it because that was the point. So fast forward to years later, a uh, pandemic happened and all that stuff. My, my life was also turned around, derailed, if, if you will. Because I had a certain plan and that didn't push through. So I had to move back in with my mom. So I picked up everyday voiceovers again because I needed to get back into the swing of things to look for work. And then one day I was out with my sister and we were looking for things to buy for her at like Watson's. And I did what I usually do when I'm with my family do all these like little voiceover things. And at the same time, I I wanted to annoy my sister because she's the type of girl who doesn't want like attention. So when we were out, every time she'd pick up like an item, I'd be like, 
a gentle facial wash. And then she'd be like, what are you doing? Because people would look. And then she'll pick up something else like, uh, feel fresh deodorant. And then she's like, shut up. So I took a video of that and then I uploaded it. And that was my first viral video. And that was fun because when, yeah, going out with my sister, um, which has 1.5 million views on YouTube now, by the way. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Like after a year. But anyway, so I, I would, I followed it up with another video of me and my mom in the supermarket, people like that. And then I followed it up with another video of my mom and myself doing the Philippine voiceover, uh, Philippine Airlines voiceovers, because my mom was the voiceover for Philippine Airlines before. And um, it just started picking up one video after another. Um, People really liked uh, the concept of, oh my gosh, it's a real person behind these announcements. Because apparently not everyone realizes that it's an actual person behind all these like, you know, advertisements that they hear. And that's basically how I became viral. I just really wanted to look for work. <laughs> so yeah. with the, with like on TikTok, you have an insane amount of followers. It's 1.5 million more or less. And yes. I mean, after unexpectedly getting all this attention, uh, what was going through your head once it started picking up and going viral? Oh my gosh. I started messaging all of my friends who were like influencers um, and I started asking for advice. I'm like, how do you cope with having so many followers, having so many people look at your stuff? Because that wasn't in my plan at all. Like I wanted the right kind of people to watch my videos, like producers and all that stuff. But like, Everyone else started watching. So they were just like, you know what? I can't really offer you any advice because I built this audience like within a a number of years, within a span of years. You literally built this under four months. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) They're just like, okay, so I guess just like relax. You know, try not to think about it. Just keep doing what you love. Don't listen to like all the noise and then just focus on on what's important. And and I was like, okay, sure. I'll I I took that to heart. But also I I also kind of shifted my attention instead of seeing it as sort of like a oh my god, there's so much attention. I kind of started looking at it in like a business sort of way, like in a professional sort of way where I see numbers and I saw myself as my brand, which is why I chose from the very beginning to start uh, to, to work on all of my platforms at the same time. So there are a lot of people who have TikToks who have most of their, if not all of their followers just on TikTok. But if you look at all of my social media platforms, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Spotify, across the board, I have a sizable following because I worked on each and every one of those platforms at the same time because my I didn't want to put all of my eggs in one basket. Basically, if one platform isn't doing well, I don't really have to panic because I have other platforms to fall back on. Yeah. So now you have this new life, this new direction as a content creator. And yeah. how do you decide on what to post how do you what's your formula for that and and also how do you keep the creative wheels churning because it's very creative you have to keep coming up with new things yeah yeah so 
Um, in the beginning, I had this rule where I would post one video a day. And it was hard, but at after a while, you kind of get used to making content. And then after, when, when I sort of hit my stride, I was like, you know what? I'm going to challenge myself. So at one point for a few months, I was posting between three to nine videos a day. Every day, I would post three to nine videos. Minimum three, maximum nine. And um, it was easy because as a platform, TikTok is very collaborative. So if I don't have any ideas, all I have to do is scroll through TikTok and look for people and videos that I want to add to or collaborate with. So that's another reason why I appreciate TikTok as a platform. Because before, the mentality was kind of, you know, this is my idea. I don't want to work with anybody. I have to make myself grow and then screw everyone else. But TikTok kind of promoted this attitude of collaboration where my success is your success. And if we work together, we'll get further faster. So it really helped with the, in terms of how to think of things and keep the creative juices flowing. You ask people, you want to work together? You have any, uh, you know, is there anything I can do with you and blah, blah, blah. And, and it's fun. That's why I made so many friends over TikTok. And um, as for like just getting ideas on my own, I try, at the core of my sort of brand is authenticity. You know, I never want to put out any content that isn't myself. So it's kind of easy to think of content in that way because what do I want to do? That's always my question. What do I want to make a video about today? So that's why if you watch all of my videos and all of my friends will say this, that's so you because that's, yeah, because it is. <laughs> So you've, you've gone on this journey. You're, by profession, you're a voiceover artist. And, and that's what yes. you tell people when, when they ask. And before that, you were a radio DJ for eight years, if I'm not mistaken, yes. around eight years. So, yeah. you know, you, you've outlined the process of posting on your social media channels. And you can see that there's really a process and, in effect, a struggle to being in a creative field, a performative field, something that you actually mm -hmm. have to have output. It's not just getting in front of a mic and then jabbering away. It's not yeah. that. There's a whole process behind it. So I don't think people also understand that and the, the struggles that come with it. Can you tell us more about that? Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, so by contrast, as a voiceover artist, I step into the booth and everything is fed to me. What I have to say, um, how I have to say it, and uh, where I pause, um, which words they want me to emphasize and all these things. So very little is left to my interpretation. Whereas as a content creator, everything is me. It's like, I have to, like, I have to think of the content. I have to then hash it out and in, in a way of like, how do I want to deliver this content that I'm thinking about? And after I figure out how I want to deliver it, how do I word that to, to get my point across effectively. Next, what do I look like? Like, how should I present myself when I say this? Uh, third, what's my tone? You know, so all of these things are stuff I have to think about now. And it is exhausting. I'm telling you, like, I have 
never been this tired, mentally tired. I am fulfilled. Absolutely. Yes. But I am so mentally tired, but I am fulfilled. It's a weird combination because before I just go in and then I work and then I'm just like, I, I feel like I didn't really accomplish anything today. Even if let's say I had four recordings and like an event to cap it off. But now I'm just like, I'm, sometimes I am so brain dead. It feels like, you know, when you're typing something in a Word document and then that, that blinker is just there waiting for you to type out your next words. That's what my mind feels like sometimes. I'm just like, what? <laughs> but also it's, it feels very fulfilling and I'm satisfied because this is my work. Everything that I put out comes from me. And so when people love it, I feel, you know, I feel great. I feel validated because my hard work is something that people appreciate. So, yeah. You also have the, well, you, it's a plus. You have the support of also a creative family, a family who, who, as we all know now, because it went viral, who are <laughs> yeah. also voiceover artists and have been involved yeah. in radio. And I imagine now they're also getting into the sphere of content creation. So mm-hmm. growing up being exposed to that was being a voiceover artist or, you know, dabbling in these fields of communication and of yeah. creation and performance. Was that something that you automatically found yourself drawn to? Um, yes and no. Because you know how, and this is what I always say, you know how when you're born into a family of doctors or a family of lawyers, you're kind of expected to just be like, oh, you're going to be a lawyer too. And it was the same for me, like family voiceovers, a family of DJs, like, well, of course you're going to be a DJ. And stubborn me, I'm just like, you don't tell me what to do. I want to, I want to make my own way. Like, I want to see if I can do something else. So even if I started doing voiceovers at five years old and I've been doing it like ever since. Yeah. At one point in time, I was like, I want to be a doctor. (laughs) You know, like (laughs) I'm going to do something completely different. Like I want to be a doctor. You know what? I want to be a marine biologist. You know, I was something completely out of the space of, of the, creative realm where I would have to like go get a like a 10-year degree or something. I just want to do something else because I wanted to see if if I could. But in all honesty, I really enjoy doing voiceovers. Like when I tell people to because people always ask me, what's your advice if we want to be a voiceover, blah, blah, blah. I say practice, practice every day because I do. I literally practice every day. You can't stop me. It's not because I have to, it's because I love practicing. <laughs> so I, I'm, I am where I am because I was born into it and I also love it. So let's back up a bit. So there's your, there's your mom who was also the, the former voiceover of Philippine Airlines, your mm-hmm. dad, your brother. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Your My uncle sister. and your aunt is, is your sister. Yes. Yeah. So, so you grew up around all of this. And, you know, mm-hmm. people would say that that can be a plus. It can definitely have its advantages and open oh, a yeah. lot of doors. But at the same time, it, it also means that there are standards in place that you have to live up to. So oh how do gosh, you deal yeah. with that necessarily? <laughs> okay. So um, a little story. Um, when I first started in radio, I wanted to quit. 
like six months in. I'm like, I I don't want this anymore. Like I I remember crying to my dad about it. I'm just like, pops, can I just like I don't want to do this. I was, I, I and I remember this clearly because we were sitting on on the steps of the stairs in our home, and he was like, he had his hand on my knee and he was just listening to me, but also he didn't want me to quit because he loved that he had a legacy too, you know. And he loved that I was doing what he loves to do and all that stuff. So, but he was listening to me because, you know, he, he's always been like that. My, my parents are always very open. They're great listeners and, and I love them anyway. So he was listening to me whine about it. And then he asked me why. And then I was just telling him about, you know, whenever I make a mistake on the air or during my training, my mentors and my bosses are always just like, why are you making this mistake? You're the daughter of Jeremiah Jr. You're supposed to know this. And I'm like, I, I know. Like, they're like, their thing was, it's in your blood. It's in your blood. You should know this. I'm like, it's literally, I know, but it's literally not in my blood. You know, I just have his blood. It doesn't mean like skill cannot be passed down from parent to child through genetics. You know, skill is always learned. So, for most of my life, I was just in this shadow of my father, who is one of the best FM radio DJs in the Philippines, and my mother, who is an amazing newscaster. And both of them are like multi-awarded voiceover artists slash producers. And, and I'm just like, how am I going to live up to this stuff? And it was hard in the beginning, just like, constantly being compared to my parents. Uh, you can do, you're supposed to be able to do this. You're the daughter of like this. You're the daughter of like that. And then after a while, I'm just like, you know, it's so, okay. So my dad told me just stick it out for a year. And if after a year, you still don't want to do it, then sure you can quit, but only after a year. And then after a year, I got really good at it and I really liked it. So I stuck around for seven more. And then Fast forward to today, the funny thing is, and this is what my parents always tell me now, you know how before you were always like, oh, aren't you the daughter of Jeremiah Jr.? Aren't you the daughter of Lindy? Now my parents go around and they're just like, oh, aren't you the mom of Inca? Aren't you wow. the dad of Inca? <laughs> <laughs> so things are different now. <laughs> what do they say? And what do you say to that? Oh, I laugh. And then my parents are just like, they're so proud. They love it. But you know, working through working through all of that, I can imagine it, it's this. It, it does a number on you know not only your psyche but also like your self esteem. I mean, oh yeah. How do you know that you can live up to that? And at the same time, there's this you you have this need and you have this want and desire to really like break out from under the shadow. How did you get yeah. past that? Well, um, I think a big part of it was my parents worked really hard to make sure that I got all of my I uh, I got all of my achievements on my own merit. So they would go as far as for example in an audition uh they would mask my name. They would change my name just so they don't oh, wow. see that my last name is Magnaye. So the producers won't have a bias when they see my name because if they see my name, oh Magnaye, she's the daughter of Jerry. She's probably good. We should give it to her. They're like, no, they'll change my name or they'll make it a blind audition all throughout. This is girl one, girl two, girl three. So every, most if not all of my voiceover gigs 
were uh, because they liked my voice, because my voice fit the product. And so that meant that I also got rejected from so many gigs and all that stuff. And, and you know, they, they getting rejected made all of my acceptances even sweeter is because I know that I got that on my own merit. And my parents are like, they hate nepotism. They're like, no, we don't want that at all. Because to them, if I got it on my own merit, it's even better. They don't want to, they don't want their kids to, to get all these things because of them. And I think that was one of the bigger factors to, to my self-esteem and, and how it is now is because my parents really made sure that, no, this is because of you. This is because of you. All my achievements, everything that I was able to get or, or bag, it's because you sound good because you did it. That's an, that's an amazing support system to have, really, because not everyone who goes through the same experience has the, be- has the benefit of, of having that. But then again, of course, you have to really struggle. You have to go through the process step by step. There are no shortcuts. And that's not easy either. So how did you, you know, trudge through everything and, and you know, really walk through the mud and get to where you are now on your own merit? Because that in itself, I'm sure, is a story. Yeah, well, um, basically everything that I have now, like my parents made sure that I didn't get... Um, my gigs and all that stuff based on my name, but they also made sure to equip me with everything that I will ever need. So uh, only recent, not recently, but ever since I was younger, I, I, I realized that all these fun little games that my, my dad would have us play at home um, turns out trained us for exactly what we're doing today. Like my dad would mute the television and be like, Oh my gosh, make up like uh, a character voice for that one. And then let's do like a little skit. Like I'll do, I'll voice this character. And then Renzo, you voice that character. Inca, you voice this one. And B, you voice this one. Okay. Now try to get the timing right. And then, okay, what do you think the character's saying? Oh, well, I know. And then my brother's like, you know, and we would like do these different voices for cartoons. And it's, it, it was training and Little things like my dad had this game where uh, you would put the accent on a different word of the sentence. So let's say the sentence is, let's go on, on an adventure. So it would start as, let's go on an adventure. 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 So what that does we thought it was just like a fun little thing, but apparently today it helps me kind of say things differently. For example, if I have like a voiceover gig that has me say this one line, like let's say um, fall in love all over again this Valentine's Day. Let's say that's the line. I could say it a number of different ways and it's up to the client to choose which one they like. Fall in love all over again this Valentine's Day. Fall in love all over again this Valentine's Day. Fall in love all over again this Valentine's Day. So I love it. (laughs) (laughs) And all of these things are just, were just the fun little games that my dad would, would have us do when we were younger. Turns out it 
it he was beefing up our our uh, ammo for when we're adults. So yeah, yeah. So for those young people, women who don't have that kind of support system or that kind of you know training at home when you're watching TV, <laughs> yeah. what what would you what would you tell them? I mean, if not not just if they wanted to go to go into like voiceover, becoming a voiceover artist, or yeah. go into a related field, but what what would your advice be for them to you know um, try to get that kind of support system? Um. To get that sort of support system, I would say, you know, look for like-minded people. That's my best advice. If you want a solid support system, look for like-minded people. If you want to get into theater, uh, find people who love theater. If you want to get into medicine, uh, find like a bunch of doctors, I guess. Or You know what I mean? Like if you want to start painting, look for artists. If you want to um, start a sport you know, uh, look for fans and look for people who play the sport. Um, if if that's what you are after, the support system, then that would be my advice. But if, let's say, um, somebody wants to get into voice acting or whatever else, um, but they don't have the same background like that I did, um, you can look at it in a sense where um, it's like I didn't get formal training. You know, all of the training that I received, my dad gave me. So that means I didn't need a school to go. So you don't either in that sense. All you have to do is kind of get creative. And I guess you can find that training in your support system. You know, you exercise together. You do workshops together and all that stuff. So there's always a way. All right. Now, you've you've been very open on social media, you you regularly have Q&A sessions and people get around to asking you personal questions. And it came out that, well, you revealed, you've spoken online about your lack of a formal education also. Yes. So I, I know that you your your diploma is only until grade school and you yes. you did, did talk a lot about it online. Did that fact that you only have a grade school diploma, was that ever... A source of fear for you? Did that scare you? Did it hinder you oh, in yeah. any way? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because in the Philippines, it is so important to have a degree. I mean, everywhere else it is too. But here in the Philippines, automatically, like if you don't have a degree, you are viewed as uneducated. Like when people meet me, they're just like, what course did you take? Because they assume that I went to college, right? Because of whatever, the way I talk, how I how I appear to them, etc. And that's the first thing people look for if you want a job. So at one point in time, when I realized that I wouldn't be able to go to college, I was like, how the heck am I going to live? How am I going to survive? I need a job to earn money. I need a job so I can get my own place, so I can buy food and all these things, all these basic necessities. I don't have a diploma. I can't get a job because that's what we're taught here in the Philippines, right? And then I was so distraught for months also because I was like, how am I going to help my parents? Because at that time, uh, our studio burned down. So my parents were also having a hard time with money. And I was like, I'm the eldest. So I felt like I had the responsibility to be the one to help my parents, you know, kind of raise my two siblings how am I going to do that without 
the freaking diploma. Like, how am I going to live? And then I, I sat my, I sat with my feels for a little bit. I was like, okay, that's enough. Because all of this worrying and moping isn't going to get me a diploma. It's not going to get me a job. So what do I do? What do I do from here? The only thing there was left to do is, so it's like, I can't, I obviously can't find an opportunity here. What can I do? Make my own. I just make my own. So I looked at my strengths, um, what I have in my, in my quiver, basically. And I'm just like, what can I do with this? And around the same time, uh, uh, 99.5 Play FM, who I, it was 99.5 RT before I used to do voiceovers for, they're like, Hey, we're back. Um, we need new DJs. Do you want to be a DJ? And I was like, yes. So I got my first job at 19, um, using my voice, you know, everything that my dad trained me to do as a kid, I was able to put to use and I was able to use it to help my parents, um, at least in, in, in such a way where I was taking, able to take care of myself. So they didn't have to worry about me so they could focus on my siblings. And, and I just got used to that mindset where, okay, I can't pass this way. I'll make my own way. So I started just making my own way. Like I, I wasn't getting any jobs. I'll show people what I can do. So the next time they have like a commercial that they need a voiceover for, they'd be like, oh, I remember Inca did a video where she sounded like this, similar to our commercial. Let's get her. You know what I mean? So I, it's like dressing for, my mentality was dress for the job you want, not the job you have. So I was thinking, I want commercials. I'll show you that I can do commercials and all that stuff. Yeah. And that's why you started your series, the series mm-hmm. that you started posting online. Oh, exactly. interesting. Because yeah. I just okay. wanted to, I didn't have opportunities. So I wanted to just make my own opportunities. I, I have to ask though, because I'm, I come from a broadcasting background as well. And you know, things aren't exactly tell. as, mm-hmm. yes, things aren't exactly as stable <laughs> as like if, if you have a corporate job and, and you, mm-hmm. you go into an office and, you know, coming from your background, your experience that you don't have the diploma and you're in an industry that is not as stable. I mean, I would be shaking with fear. I would be really, really nervous. How That's did you move past that? On the edge of fear every day. <laughs> <laughs> how, how is, I mean, how did you, how did you get through that? Because, you know, that if, if you were a lesser person, really, that would have just made you, crumple and fall to the ground. Oh my gosh. Leah, there's so many days um, when I was younger, uh, when I was with uh, with my ex before, and I at one point was the sole breadwinner. And I was doing that on a freelancer's income. Like freelancing um, is tough. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, one week, I could have three events. The next week, no events. The next week, no events. And there were so many times where I went to, to the ATM to withdraw because we needed to like get groceries or whatever. And I look at him and I go, I only have a thousand pesos left in my bank account. And I don't have any gigs. What do we do? <laughs> so it's like, I, I don't know. How, do, how did I get through it? I just, you, you learn to live with it. I guess it's something I got used to. And that's why I really got used to trying to make my own opportunities happen is because I had to. 
There's no other way. <laughs> All right. So as you mentioned earlier, here in the Philippines, you need you, people assume and people think that you need that diploma. So yeah. is it is it an insecurity for you? I mean, even with your success now, do you yeah. do you always have it there in the back of your head? No. No, not at all. Like I let go oh. of that long ago when I realized that I can be as educated, if not more, than someone with a degree. Because someone with a degree uh, doesn't necessarily mean that they love to learn, doesn't necessarily mean that they know a lot about other things. Like it depends on how much you love learning, really. It depends on the person. It doesn't depend on your educational attainment. So um, it has it hasn't been an insecurity for me for years because I learned that I can like I can improve on myself on my own. Like I can take online courses, I can take workshops, I can read. And it's it's not a measure of my intelligence. Like I know I am more intelligent than so many, like even people who have double double degrees. You know what I mean? Not because I'm um, better, just because you know. It, I don't know. I just I just know it. You know. So it's not like a. It's not. It's it hasn't been a source of insecurity for me for a while. Just because oh, okay. I know I'm I'm intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds cocky. I know. But no. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what I mean. It, like I, I'm. Yes. I, I do. don't like wave it around. Like I don't say. Well, I don't have a degree, but I'm smarter than you. You know what I mean. I just. <laughs> I'm just kind of just sitting here. Like okay, yeah. That's cool. Okay, so now you've created this path for yourself, uh, being a content creator, being a viral sensation, but it makes <laughs> you very available online, really. And and you mentioned it earlier in our conversation that you know you're very exposed online. That yeah. can uh, that can be a plus on the business side, but does it also have its drawbacks? Oh yeah. Oh my gosh, the haters are everywhere. <laughs> you know, like. Literally last night, I went live on Instagram because it was a sponsored live for like my skincare um, uh, sponsors. And I was showing them the after effects like, oh, here is me. I just washed my face. I just put the oil. See, like uh, the oil looks so great on my skin. And someone literally said, um, in Tagalog, it doesn't matter, Inca, because you're still ugly either way. I'm like, okay, thanks. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> and people are just like that, you know, like you leave yourself vulnerable to to all these things, which I don't appreciate because um, their argument is always like, well, you know, you asked for it because you wanted to be famous because you wanted to go viral. First of all, no, I didn't want to go viral. Secondly, just because somebody has a lot of followers doesn't give anybody like free reign to bully them like literally saying well you asked for it is like saying a girl wearing skimpy clothes asked to be harassed you know exactly it's not, yeah right literally saying well ginusto mayan what do you, like i want to be bullied just because i have a big yeah. platform no so it's something that i'm trying to uh, uh, to to gr with great effort change online this culture of like haters and just because somebody has a lot of followers means that they're free game to just kind of pick on because uh, your amount of followers doesn't mean that your skin gets thicker 
you know, it, you still get affected the same way. I still cry about horrible comments. You know, I, 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 I still need mental health breaks because there are times where I just can't. Like sometimes I'm so mentally tired from like a whole week's work. And then I see a comment on Twitter and I'm just like, I'm done for the weekend. I can't, I can't do this. And yeah. they just expect you to take it. Well, you're in the public eye. So take it because yeah. you wanted this. I'm like, no, I didn't. No one wants this. You know, we're literally it's just not, working. Right? Definitely, definitely. It, it, it's not, yeah. it doesn't give them license to be nasty or to be, At you know, all. mean And for no reason. Yeah. Do you think that the whole experience is even worse for women? Like, especially if you're a woman with a platform, it's, 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 it's definitely different and worse than if you were a man with, with a huge following. Absolutely, absolutely. Because um, we have a whole different layer to, to get over. It's automatically, we are sexualized. For whatever reason, we are automatically sexualized just because we have boobs or just because we have thighs. You know, these normal things that everybody has, but they just have to comment. Um, literally, a guy can post a video doing a voiceover challenge and and his nipples can be seen through his shirt, let's say, and no one will say anything. But I posted a video of me doing a voiceover challenge and I wasn't wearing a bra because I was at home. You know, whatever. I was, who wears a broad home, right? And so many comments are just like about that from guys. And it's, it's like, is this absolutely necessary? And then they, they use that to, to bully you, to, to say, to make you feel horrible. And, And not to say that guys don't experience being sexualized as well, but it's it's an automatic thing for women. Like a girl can be fully clothed in a video and somebody will say something about her body. So it's um it's definitely harder for women because there is that layer to get over. Um but yeah, it's it's just hard overall. <laughs> How do you how do you deal with it yourself? I mean, how do you, you know, of course you can you can when you read it, it's it either gets your blood boiling or it makes you feel really horrible and and brings you yeah. down. How and and I'm sure you get it so many times a day. Yeah. How do you keep yourself going? How do you calm yourself down and keep yourself going? Oh, I fight back. I fight back. And a lot of people online try to gaslight me. Like the haters try to gaslight me into saying that uh, the word that they use is patola. Like, oh, but ka pumapatol sa haters? Ganyan. Like, uh-uh. like, it, like, I shouldn't mind them. I should just ignore them because I have so many followers and they just have one. I'm like, no, I am going to fight back because you're disrespecting me. And I won't allow that. And I want to change that mentality that just because you have a big following that you cannot defend yourself against um, idiots, right? You should be able to because you're just human like they are. Um, and I would fight back. But now I kind of have like a concrete solution to all these like perverts. Um, I recently started a segment on Twitter called Maniac Mondays where oh. I take a screenshot 
Uh, I take screenshots of all these disgusting comments that they leave on my videos and all that stuff. And I blur the names and <laughs> I post it online. And to just kind of show people that, you know, uh, I, I say I say the idiot on the chopping block today uh, posted a comment on a public video, a comment that he could have kept himself but chose not to. And so here I am giving him a bigger platform because all of these people keep doing what they do, keep spewing the hate that they spew because they don't have any consequences. Nobody fights back because society has convinced all these people that they should just ignore them. But has ignoring all of these people done any good? No, they just keep getting worse and worse because there's no consequence. There's no punishment. And so I want to change that. You know, there should be. At least you should know that I'm not going to allow it. And I want to inspire other people to act the same way. Yeah. How about for women who have experienced lewd remarks and pambabastos online, mm-hmm. but they don't have your platform, they don't have your followers? What what can you encourage them to do? Um, well, for Maniac Mondays, I ask everyone to send in their own screenshots also that I can retweet and all that stuff. So that's one. Um, another one is... You know what really helped me um, kind of have this confidence or this kind of strength to fight back is um, working on my physical strength. Like it really helped oh. my parang lakas ng loob. Yeah. Like I, I took up Muay Thai for years. I do boxing. I enjoy working out. I like going to the gym. And just knowing that I can physically defend myself if need be, knowing that I can cause some damage on someone who tries to make me bastos right in front of me is like comfort enough for me that I know I can fight back. That's a great because, tip. Yeah. That's yeah. a great tip. Yeah. You you Work empower your yourself. Physical. Yeah. Yes. Empower yourself by literally empowering yourself, literally exactly. making yourself stronger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Make yourself stronger and you will feel better. Like, I feel like a warrior when I do that. Like, my favorite line to these perverts sometimes is, you say that to my face, I dare you. Like, literally to my face. I will allow you to make me bastos if you can say that to my face. Because if they say that to my face, I'm going to punch them. Yeah. Because you know? <laughs> I know I can. You know, yeah. so it, it literally empowers me. Being strong empowers me. And I would suggest that to everyone else. Ooh. That's a great tip. I mean, I've never, mm-hmm. of course, you hear advice and you hear tips on, you know, keep yourself healthy and yeah. to work on your, your own self-image as well. But, you know, to literally get strong, to empower yourself and, and your, your mental space to empower that as well. That, yeah, that's a great tip. I know tip. I can fight back. Yeah. And yeah. I've, I've yeah. done it so many times. Like there's so many parties that I've gone to where a guy just kind of like grabs me around the waist and pulls me close. I don't know you. I, I, I hook him right in the face. Because I can, you know, I didn't start the fight. Everyone saw that he grabbed me. And just knowing that I can do that, I'm strong enough to defend myself really helps. So like I work out not because I want to fit in my clothes. Like that's not my goal. That is uh, a great byproduct 
of me working out. Like, I love it. I look great in my clothes yeah. and all that stuff. In a bikini, awesome. But that's the byproduct. My goal is so I can punch people. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, crudely speaking, so yes, I can yes, defend yes. myself. Yeah. So you can defend yourself. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. there's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of debate now uh, about social media and its pros and cons and being very available on every platform. But, you know, it's really here to stay. And it's a very yes. powerful force. And in fact, everything is sort of moving into the digital space right now. So mm-hmm. you're in a position to really influence not just the youth, but everyone with yeah. your platform. And aside from everything you've already mentioned, how else do you intend to use it? I mean, not, not necessarily... In, in, in ways that we've already discussed, but yeah, maybe yeah. in plans that you haven't talked about yet. Yeah. Well, um, one of my favorite things about um, having a big platform is my now ability to be able to help people. So I work closely with um, animal shelters. I am able to give them a wider reach when they need donations. Uh, Same goes for, okay, there's this mother who reached out to me on Twitter because her daughter has biliary atresia. It's like a, it's a liver thing. And her daughter needs a a liver transplant. Um, And they got in touch with like a foundation. Like she, she told me everything. I, I checked all the, all the documentation, all that stuff to make sure that it isn't a scam because there's so many scams now, right? So I have to make sure. So she checked out and everything. And she said that she needed 500,000 pesos to be able to get her daughter to India to get the transplant. That's what the foundation uh, who partnered up with them said. So she reached out to me asking for donations or to just retweet her tweets. I said, okay, sure. But I wanted to take it a step further just because I, I can. I can help, you know. And I have a cousin who had biliary atresia and she was able to get her transplant when she was a baby. And now she's a healthy 24-year-old woman. So I wanted to do the same for this baby. So I made a video on TikTok. I posted it and then I posted it to Instagram as well. And within a month, she went from 40,000 to hundreds of thousands. Yeah, wow. Wow. So that's the power of social media. You can make a difference in a snap, a positive difference. And that's what I want people to realize. And that's what I want people to, to, especially people who have bigger platforms. I want them to realize that with a big platform comes uh, the responsibility to wield it. It's like a weapon. So if you have, let's say, racist or misogynist or bigoted views so many people will listen to you. So I always tell um, people like my friends who have bigger um, platforms, you have a responsibility to use your platform wisely. So what I do is I I post like stupid videos also on my stuff because I want to make people laugh and stuff. But I also try to post like my thoughts, my learnings, my musings, um, my experience about being voiceover, um, exercises that they can do, um, and all these things, you know, like I just, social media is a tool and it can be used to destroy lives or to better lives. And, you know, it's up to you now which one you want to (laughs) do. Well, you're bettering our lives by just being on social media. So thank you. (laughs) 
Thank you so much, Inka, for coming on What Glass Ceiling and, and sharing no everything that you've shared. I, this was a really great chat. And, and I loved hearing your perspective so. on so many different things. <laughs> Thank you. I, I really did. Thank you so much. And I'm sure everyone will pick up little, as I said in the beginning, little nuggets of wisdom from everything that oh. you have to share. I hope they do. <laughs> Thanks yeah. for having me today. Thank you. Check out the other episodes of What Glass Ceiling and follow us on Instagram at WGC Pump.